Episode 61 of the Busting Balls Podcast. He's John. I'm Jeffrey. You can hit us up on Twitter at BustingBallsPod. Email us, BustingBallsPod at gmail.com. You're listening to us through our native SoundCloud feed, SoundCloud.com slash Busting-Balls, or the PWOM Podcast Network, SoundCloud.com slash Only. and you can find us on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. Today's topic Busting Balls goes to the movies. John Jeffrey, take you on a cinematic trip through celluloid football. John, what's happening, brother? The Doctor is a scouter, baby. Oh, I, I, how do I know you were going to lead off with that today? Of course I'm going to lead off with this. There was only one other thing I might have led off with, but we'll come to that, no doubt. In due yeah, course. by the way, I, I, I regret to inform you that, that, that this fandom will last all of six episodes because when... <laughs> uh, because when the doctor regenerates uh, after Jody Whittaker's done, um, yeah, we uh, the doctor won't have even heard of football. So you know, yeah, nine episodes here. There's nine episodes here, but yes, tonight's episode. Nine. The Halloween whoa, 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 nine. Yeah, yeah, there's three specials next year. Oh right, okay, you're right. I forgot about those. So I, right, but either way, yeah, but yeah, w- 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 when this doctor calls time, yeah, there, there's no way that we're gonna hear of football ever again. Oh wait a minute though, Russell T Davies is coming back, so maybe we will. Who knows? Well, there, there was a football team mentioned in the Russell T Davies era, but I'm betting you don't know which one it is. Yeah, but oh, we'll oh, 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 yes, there was West Ham United. Oh, look at this! Lava on around the room for Mister Russell there. Come on, man. Doctor Who fan, you think I'm not going to pick that one up, you know? Yeah, yeah that, and obviously Graham was a West Ham fan too, so he wore a scarf. Well, didn't, they show, dad... well, well, didn't they show Bramall Lane in Jodie Whittaker's first episode? Um, I, I believe you could at least see it. Um, yeah, I yeah, mean, but, you could uh, see Bramall Lane. But yeah, but, uh, yeah, but the Doctor is a big fan of Jurgen Klopp as well, so, you know, absolute much, much love to the Doctor here. Obviously now my favorite doctor ever, Chris Eccleston. Sorry, Silv. Sorry. Nope. So yeah, yeah. My my my, my loyalties are not turned so easily. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, back to actual football. Uh, quite a lot has happened since last we convened. Yeah. Well, you know, I th- I think the main football story since we last spoke relate to two five nil wins this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, obviously, um, last Sunday, the greatest football match I have ever seen, quite frankly, outside of any sort of cup final, 
Liverpool go to Old Trafford, a place where even in recent years they do not have a particularly good record and completely depants Manchester United 5-0. I heard a stat that that was the biggest win for Liverpool away at Man U since uh, 1895 when Liverpool had won 7-1, back when Man U were still called Newton Heath. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Mo Salah, the first Liverpool player to score a hat-trick at Old Trafford since 1938, I believe. And the first opposition player to score a hat-trick against Man United in in the Premier League at all. Because I remember the last one, Dennis Bailey for QPR in a New Year's Day game. I think it was 1992 in a 4-1 win for QPR, which is, you know, how times have changed here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man U looked like shit in that game. Um, yeah. They looked much better this past Saturday when they similarly depanced Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, I'm... I, I do not know what Spurs' game plan was there. I, they did not have a single shot on target in a home game there. I, I have heard the, the clarion call from so many talk talk sport announcers, you know, through Sirius XM on here, here in the U.S. I have heard the clarion call from so many talk sport announcers saying, bench Kane and sell him. <laughs> yeah, uh, Harry Kane yesterday, um, he just had the look of someone who did not want to be at White Hart Lane at all. Uh, I will point out, we mentioned that this might happen on this very program. <laughs> and indeed we did. And, you know, I'm thinking January, I'm, I'm suspecting that uh, Newcastle will be encouraged to bid to try and flush that city, that city money out of them, you know, because I, I don't think there's any chance he goes to Newcastle. But, but it, you know, they they want the cash. They want a decent sum for him. So, yeah, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, you mentioned a another five nil. Yeah, this this one that was a big one. I believe Gladbach in the uh, in the DFB Pokal. I believe it was was it, was it not? Uh, yes, in the in the second round of the DFB Pokal. Yeah, so, that and- was something. Depanced Bayern Munich 5 0, and this was not Bayern Munich playing a reserve side at all. You look at that side, it is a first 11. It is also one of the single worst performances I have seen from a player in my life in there at Meccano. Oh my lord, if you get a chance to see the highlights, yeah, watch them and weep for what used to be a competent defender. That because, was man. that was just oh. shocking. That was a shocking yep. result. Bayern's worst defeat since nineteen seventy eight. Do you realize that this past Wednesday we had uh, all of these teams failed to win in one form or another across very many competitions. We had um, we had Juve fall one to two to at home to Sassuolo. We had you know yep. the aforementioned Gladbach beating uh, Bayern Munich, and by the way, Gladbach are not great in the Bundesliga this year so far. Nothing the slightest. Uh, Never saw it coming. Uh, Man City lost both their games this week. They lost nil uh, nil on penalties to West Ham. 
Yep. Uh, in, in, in the in the in the League Cup uh, in midweek, and then went on to to uh, to, to to buttress that performance with a uh, with a two nil loss at home to Crystal Palace. Yeah, and a deserved win for Crystal Palace too. Um, I know Pep was moaning about the referee yesterday, but you, you look at that the the offside. Yes, it was margin offside. They go. And that that was was that a red card for a denial of a goal scoring opportunity? Yes, it was. There is no point moaning about a referee getting it wrong with uh, Leicester's Johnny Evans earlier in the day. Uh, which I'm sure he was- should have been sent off for that, though, brother. <laughs> yeah, uh, because that the ref did exactly what he should have done in the circumstances. It was checked by VAR, and yep, yeah, and City were. Well, I, I, I I got another complaint about that later on. Yeah, we can do it. And Palace, under Patrick Vieira, it's amazing how much a better side they look. They look um, much more comfortable on the ball. They look much more fluid in attack. And, yeah, absolute credit to them. They were very, very good value for their win. As I should say, um, Brighton and Hove Elvin were very, very good value for their draw at Anfield yesterday. 2-0 down, got very lucky with the Sadio Mane blocking the ball into the goal. But it deflected onto his arm first. Nothing he could do about it. But um, but they controlled the midfield, and you know uh, Trossard and Pesuma absolutely ruled the game. And yeah, they, they could even have they, they probably merited three points to be honest. Uh, but to my previous point, though, uh, in, yeah. in the same day, in, in that same day, uh, also failing to win were uh, Real Madrid, who yep. drew nil nil. With Osasuna, and also Barcelona lost one nil away to Rayo Vallecano on a goal from Radamel freaking Falcao. Oh yeah, you saw that and you went what? <laughs> uh, this is also the game that has that cost Ronald Koeman his job at Barcelona. Yeah. Um... Which who saw that coming? Um, only <laughs> um, everybody. Only the only the world, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I believe there are civilizations undiscovered in the depths of the Amazon which saw it coming. There there are civilizations three galaxies across who saw this coming. Yeah, yeah. Ronald Coleman is a was a bad manager of football at at Barcelona, okay. and, and, and and you can point this directly to the fact that he authorized. And, and, and he authorized a transfer that directly led to Barcelona not winning the title. <laughs> because, yeah. He, because, yeah, Luis Suarez to Atletico Madrid will go down as one of the worst transfers in Barcelona history. Oh, doesn't it just, just that? And it'll go down badly again this season. Plus, on his watch, I know it's not entirely his fault. They lost Leo Messi. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, that that was more to do with the ownership, though, than than. Yeah. They are a trash fire of a club. Oh god! And yeah, they are hosed. They are completely yeah. hosed. Yeah, and it, it got worse yesterday. I don't know if you saw the news about Sergio Aguero. Uh no, I did not see the news about Sergio Aguero. No. Yes, yesterday's match. Um, he was taken to hospital with chest pains. So. Oh no. He was. Cardiac scan on that. On that. So, oh, no. well, I hope he's. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I hope, well, let's hope he's okay in that case. Um, 
Yeah, right now in Spain, you know, while we're talking in Spain, uh, actually, oh, I take that back. Right now as we speak, uh, Real Sociedad are top of the table in the midst of a draw with Athletic Club. However, uh, it should be pointed out that several clubs have a game in hand for various, yes. actually several games in hand in Granada's case. Granada, top of the table. Wouldn't you love to see it? Well, yeah, except they're in 18th, so yeah, I don't think what? that's going to happen. <laughs> that's not happening. Poor, poor Granada. You know what? They have a bomb kit, too. And I know we are way behind on our topics, too. Um, we, we, we are way behind on some of our topics because, yeah, we should have already done the fashion show by now, too. But, yeah, we, we're just a little behind in, in these times. Uh, it should be pointed out, Juve also lost yesterday to Hellas Verona. Man, it, yeah, the, the old Giants are not having things their own way. You know, is, yeah. this is... Is well, this Bayern, little... Bayern beat Union Berlin 5-2, though, so, you know. Yeah. They, they made a little comeback, but yeah. But well, it, well, I mean, they, they only have a one-point lead on, on Dortmund right now. Uh, only a three-point lead on Freiburg in third. <laughs> yeah, let, let, yeah. Let, let's let's back up here. Freiburg in third after match round ten. Yeah, we're, we're into the yeah big deep part of the season and they are not going away. This uh, is good. Yeah, but I mean Union Berlin hanging on to a Europe spot right now. It's it's the teams like Leipzig and and Gladbach. Well, actually, they're up to tenth now. They started the day in like. 13th or 14th um yeah Gladbach uh yeah Gladbach not exactly uh they're not yeah Leipzig and Gladbach not doing great this year um but it should be pointed out that much like in the Premier League there are two teams who have yet to win in the Erster Bundesliga thus far uh Armenia Bielefeld and Greuter Furt both of them promoted sides oh yeah, Gruyter yeah, Furt are screwed. They have one point from ten matches. That they are gone. Frankly, that yeah, you know what? What they got a minus twenty goal difference. I think it is something like that. Something uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it's a minus. Yeah, minus twenty goal difference. Uh, yeah, the only thing really separating that oddly enough, they have scored four more goals than Norwich City have. <laughs> well, you know that is not a high bar. <laughs> no, it is not. But. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not doing so hot this year. Um, if we can move over to the Svita Bundesliga for a minute. Have you seen who we is can... top of that table? Uh, I do not know that at the moment. I haven't looked it up. Go ahead. Uh, can you think of any reason why I might be crowing about who might be top of that table in the in the Svita Bundesliga? Let, let me think. Would, would it be a, oh, a, a certain team who you have been all over for frankly since i've known you uh quite possibly <laughs> located possibly located in the in the heart of the raper bond so i was going to say the reaper man there yeah uh let's have a think have, have they got just got the oh man the, the coolest club in germany here we're talking hell yeah we are brother you know it <laughs> fc sankt Pauli. Are top of the table after match week twelve. Uh, only one point ahead of Jan Regensburg, but a full four points ahead of Schalke 04. You cannot fault that, to be honest. And yeah, uh, yeah. So of course, and, and of course, Hamburg, 
who don't actually play in Hamburg, I will point out. Um, Hamburg are <laughs> seven point are down in seventh. So, uh, of like, course, Manchester. <laughs> say again. Is this like there's only one club in Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> now wait a minute. Is it Old Trafford's in Manchester? Isn't it? Is it no, S- no. It's in Salford. Salford is a city in Sa- its own right. Is it really? I thought Salford was a part of Manchester. No, no, no. Salford. If you if you look at it, it is a UK city. It's Greater Manchester. Mm. Okay. All right. I remember uh, when I was on the train going from Manchester to Carlisle. Uh, you, know, you you remember that trip, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember actually. I mean, I, I got some looks when I was like, "Is that the Eddie Had or or El Trevor?" Because I don't know where I was. <laughs> I don't know what part <laughs> of Manchester I was in. I was just like, "Oh, what is that?" All I saw was the very top of it, so it wouldn't. You know, you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, no. but I mean, you know, it, it was great. You know, it, it was awesome seeing all these stadiums and, and everything. Although you, uh, although I, I, I was a, I, I was curious about something, and then I felt like an idiot when you explained it to me. Like uh, which one was that? Uh, wh- how come every time we pass by like a school of school field or like a public uh, pitch, why there were no nets in there? I thought it was like you know, wow, is it is the upkeep that bad that they don't even have nets in it? And then you explained to me, oh no, you had to set the nets up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is it. Uh, I mean, they they did used to be some permanent posts way back in the day, but now no, it's uh, you set the nets up. Totally. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I didn't know. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get back to, let's get back, uh, slightly on topic. Uh, yesterday, Arsenal have not lost a match in eight games in all competitions. I, I, as, as was pointed out to me yesterday by a friend, there is the only team with a better record over the last seven games is Chelsea. Arsenal, you know, what? I didn't see that coming. Right. I mean, uh, just between you and me and, and everybody else listening, I, I thought for sure that we were on a, a, a hiding to nowhere at this point. Oh, after the first weeks, I would absolutely have gone with you. You did not see where any sort of win was coming from. No, I did not. And now, you know, we are above Spurs now. Of course, you know, Man U ruined that and, you know, took us out of Europe. For, for the moment, we're tight on points. But, um, yeah. yeah, Chelsea. Only a match. Say again? Only a matter of time. Yeah, but you know, it's just uh, yeah. And Aaron Ramsdale, I, I'm going to publicly apologize. I, I I still don't think he was worth the money we spent for him. But holy shit! After yeah, I mean, I had people texting me like, "Did you see the highlights?" I was like, "Well, I saw the highlights because I didn't wake up at six thirty in the morning to watch the game." No, but uh, oh my god. Aaron Ramsdale, I'm, what a lights-out performance he had. And it, it's not just, you know, it, it, it's like the other top clubs. It's not just the way, he, you know, he keeps above the net. It's the way he's proactive in stopping attacks, in his distribution of the ball. That He, he is much better than I, re, I remembered him being. I think that's a fantastic sign for Arsenal this year. I mean, can you blame any of us for, for having doubt when, you know, Bournemouth and Sheffield United, you know, two relegations on the trot. I I would have been exactly the same as you if, if, you know, if it's on Ramsdale. But then again, you know, Andy Robertson, 
yeah, <laughs> the guys who've been at Hull City, really? Is that the side? You know, Ginny Ronaldo in, in a relegated Newcastle side, really? If if you've got the eye for a player who can actually enhance your side, it's a hell of a thing to do because you know <laughs> you can make you you make your team better and maybe you know maybe Mikel Arteta isn't quite as bad as we thought he is. But yeah, we'll but wait. but yeah. still, that, that I mean, I, I still don't know if he was worth all that much money though. No, no, I, I well, if if he is the player, the best player available that you needed. Take you know it's better value than say you know Nicholas Pepe is proven at the moment I would say you know Pepe has moments of brilliance though he does but seventy million worth well that was yeah that that's not yeah that 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 was not a yeah that that's not value on that money at, at all I agree and Thomas no, Partey Thomas Partey same thing yeah absolutely but, they're good you know, players you know Odegaard. Okay, sure. Odegaard's been fine. He hasn't been spectacular yet. He's been fine. Ben White is another player, though, I think. I, again, I don't know if he was worth $50 million, but he has added nope. something. He, he, he's a good player. Again, I, I think there's a... There's a he's, he's taking charge of the bag there, isn't he? From what I'm seeing, yeah. So, so you know, that that's valuable. So you know, again, I, I, yeah. I, you know, the the way we're discussing this, I wish more people would understand what Moneyball actually was. You know, when they say Moneyball, at least you know, at least the English football pundits who use the term Moneyball. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> wish they would understand what that actually means. It does not mean just throwing a bunch of money at players. <laughs> it and ne- equally, neither does it mean solely cheap players at no all. it if, does if not a... no it was no the whole idea was using analytics to 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 fill the needs that you have you know at least you know in the system that was created for was for the oakland athletics baseball team indeed and and the book is very good because I, I did make sure i read that plus uh, plus uh, the the way the red sox used it as well later on yeah i mean look yeah it, it kind of paid dividends for them didn't it <laughs> Oh yeah, even though, even though Kurt Schilling turned out to be a piece of trash, but you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's it. it. The idea is value for money. On um, you, um, you know, it, it's to go back. It, it's the kind of model that Liverpool did use. You know, I, I don't know how much we still use it, but it's players who fit the club. You know, on the on the statistical analysis. You know, it, it's like yes, if a player like Virgil Van Dijk. Who will make all difference? Or Allison, who will make all difference? You go out, you pay the market rate for them, but you also, you know, you look at players who are valued under market rate. You go for, you know, Andy Robertson. You look at Joel Matip on a free. You know, even dare I say, it, Mo Salah. You you were going, was, is he worth that much money? You know, thirty, was it thirty four, thirty five million? I think we paid him something around that. Man, we got a bargain there. Yeah, yeah, it turns out. <laughs> turns out. It turns out those analytics really work. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and th- there's something to it. I mean, you know, it, but I, I, yeah, I really wish that if you're going to use the term, at least, you know, use it correctly, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, let's turn to the women's game real quick. Uh, the The women's FA Cup has been determined, John. It has? It has. It has. Uh, just today, because uh, Chelsea women 
beat Manchester City women 3 0. And, and then, hang on, are you going to talk about the other game here as well? Oh, of course I, I am. Uh, the other game, of course, was uh, Arsenal's fine battalion of, of, of women players beating Brighton and Hove Albion, who are no slouches themselves, it must be said. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they ex- advanced 3 0. So the women's FA Cup final will be Chelsea and Arsenal. And yes, Beth Mead having a good game, as I see, because oh, I believe yeah. it was on the beat. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. She, she had a good one. But also, yeah. John. Yeah. An era has ended at the U.S. Women's National Team. I think we're going to have to pour a cold one out here, aren't we? Carly Lloyd has stepped off the pitch for the last time for the U.S. Women's National Team. Man, do you have the stats here, Carly? Uh, I do not. I, I, to, to my shame, I do not. Um Let's let's uh, let's bring those up real quick, shall we? Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Carly Lloyd. Here we go. Yeah, this is yeah. Oh, here we go. Carly Lloyd stats. How about that? It's national team man. Three hundred and sixteen appearances for the U.S. national women's national side. One hundred. And 34 goals. Eat it, Ronaldo, frankly. That is uh, absolutely amazing. And, and, and I think, what, at least uh, two Women's World Cup, two-time two FIFA World- Player of the Year, four-time Olympian, two-time gold medalist. Champion here, yeah. Yeah. My goodness. I believe I, yeah, I'd have to check that one. Pretty sure I'd have seen it in, in the London tournament there. Yeah, what what an absolute, what an absolute beast she was on, on the pitch, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, you, you do not argue with those stats. You do not argue with the record. Yeah, what was it? I, I believe this year, as I said, you know, she is what uh, nearly forty, but still the highest played female soccer player in the world, and. I think she's only played what six games outside the U.S. in terms of where she's played. Yeah, I mean, she was at City. Was she, I thought she was also at Spurs, but I don't think they actually used her. Uh, no, no, no. Yep, there's no appearances I can see for Spurs. No, yeah, no. she, she, yeah, she made like uh, I think like eight appearances total for Man City. You go. It's yeah, six. Two, two, go- two, two goals in the Women's Champions League, though. Absolutely, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what, what, uh, yeah. I mean, just spring, talking experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, 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 absolute. I mean, nine World Cup goals. <laughs> oh yeah, let's not forget her final appearance for City. She was sent off. Oh, right. <laughs> that's a way to finish. Well, you know, uh, you know, uh, Zinedine Zidane, Carly Lloyd, you know. <laughs> 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 the legends go out in style. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. So uh yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on. I don't even You know what? Let, can, we, can we talk some shit about Newcastle too? Cuz I mean they 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 fired Steve they totally fired Steve Bruce. Which and, is absolutely fair enough. Yeah, and you know, that they, they, they're uh you know, the, their their joy at the new ownership in that in that first match uh, lasted all of what ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was it even that long? <laughs> Dear me! I think so. Yeah, they 
they were again depanced <laughs> twice. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think they they may end up being the richest club in the championship next season. The way this is going. Oh lord, they they were. Oh, I mean, I I I was driving back from uh, my parents yesterday because I had to. Um, I had to drop a few things off, and I had the match on the radio. And I, I believe Newcastle's formation was described as nine zero one. You know, they were not going over the halfway line. Sounds, at like, all. So, sounds like your average MLS uh, lineup. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, yeah. Newcastle. I mean, yeah, Newcastle. Uh, yeah, that that was a uh, yeah. Newcastle not great. Um, yeah. And also, uh, lastly, we have. A winner in the CONCACAF Champions League. We do? Go we do. for it, because I it is seen it. Monterrey defeated Club America, the biiggest club in Mexico, 1-0. Uh, Ninth-minute goal from Rogelio Funes Mori. The, all, the all-time goal. goal scorer for Monterrey. Man. Poor Cole went out for that, one, that man. So, yeah. So, yeah. Big shock. Two Mexican sides. Went to the CONCACAF Champions League final again. I, I was stunned, frankly, stunned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. it's a, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> the high quality of opposition they face. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, all right, this is all I have, really. I mean, yeah, there's just still a lot going on. I mean, there's I, even isn't there an international break coming up too? I believe there is. Uh, it's n- is it not next week, but the week after, or something along those lines. Something like that. Do we? I mean, do we even want to talk Champions League? Well, you could say that uh, Athletic Atletico lost their first uh, home match in four years. Should we say? Should we go with that one? No. Or am I just being a bit raw here? You know. <laughs> yeah, Ch- Cholo was did not cover cover himself in glory in that either but I, I think the most amazing thing i mean didn't we call wasn't group b a group of death the group of death i, I, I believe we said that yes it was no it was group e i think was the group of death actually but i mean group b was a group of death too because yeah ac milan in that group uh three matches three losses no yeah, points yeah they they haven't been particularly lucky i would say either i can yeah. see them getting some points before they finish but i mean there's there's some clubs here that are are shockingly bottom of their groups in the champions league like leipzig leipzig besiktas shakhtar uh Vol- volsberg should we mention not bottom of their group but very much rubbish again barcelona yeah, as of right now, they're dropping down to Europa League. Yeah, one win lost. I mean, I'm, I'm frankly gobsmacked that Ronald Koeman won a game. To be honest, <laughs> um, can, 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 can we can we say can we give some big ups here? Even though we're only at the halfway point of the, of the group stage, can we give some big well, ups here to the leader of Group D? Do you mean Sheriff Tiraspol? And frankly. One of the greatest results in Champions League history with that win at the Bernabeu. Yes, uh, FC Sheriff, my goodness. Yep. Uh, also, uh, shout out to Ajax, who completely destroyed Borussia Dortmund. Oh, yeah. oh I, I tell you what, we should mention one single 
result in the Europa League here. Go ahead. I, I think we go for... Um, oh, Bo- I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Bodo Glimt against Jose Mourinho's Roma. Oh, the, goodness. I believe was the worst result of Jose's career. Uh, they, the first time Jose has ever uh, conceded six goals. Yeah, and, and you look at any any match that's anything, they will tell you it was thoroughly deserved as well. Uh, six, one. Um, Jose Mourinho, the, 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 the hot news is that, the, the hot rumor is that Jose Mourinho is intentionally going to tank Roma now so he can get fired so he can go to Newcastle. <laughs> Matt, that, well, that wouldn't be anything new, would it? Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds that sounds pretty in character for him, I would say. Yeah, is there money involved? Thank you very much. Off I go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, too bad he, too bad he can't sign uh, Samuel Ato anymore, huh? <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> <laughs> Come over, Samuel. Uh, <laughs> John, you got anything else in the news? Um, I, I will merely point to Newport's 5 0 whopping of Stevenage to go back to our original theme of 5 0 wins. Oh, okay. Very, very good. Bring us yeah. circling back around before we go to our main topic. Oh, yeah. This week Busting Balls, go to the movies. Spend that half time getting your popcorn in. That's right. Uh, Busting balls goes to the movies. John Jeffrey, take you on a cinematic trip through celluloid football. Please stay tuned. second half of the busting balls podcast this week episode 61 busting balls goes to the movies get your popcorn get the chili on your dog get your soft drinks or whatever you want because we are going your snow caps (laughs) yeah for a cinematic journey through the celluloid history of the beautiful game oh boy oh okay so the first one I'm going for here, my co-host here was literally not aware of this film until well, about now, 10 before the podcast started. Now, uh, of course, I, I want to point out, these are all going to be like, you know, drama films. Um, we're not doing any documentaries. We actually want to hold on to that for a separate uh, episode. Yeah, because, because there, is know, a, there is definitely one documentary I need to talk about. There are, I, th- I think there's two icons go, and they're, they're both concerning South American football obviously i believe yes uh yeah indeed if it's the one I, the other one is the one i'm thinking of then yes absolutely yeah all right uh, so anyway uh yeah so john why don't you kick this one off okay yeah th- this what this film was a film that i i let my co-host know i was doing 10 minutes before we started this podcast 
he had not heard of this. And my God, his reaction was, frankly, well worth your while. You could almost hear the jaw hitting the floor. Okay, it's it's we're going all the way back here to 1939. We are going way back. Yeah, that that's going back a ways. I'm going going back just a little way. I, I, I believe I'm not sure it's the, whether it's the first film to feature football, but it's certainly one of them. The Arsenal Stadium Mystery. Holy shit! <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, it's obviously. Partially filmed at Highbury, so you know I, I have seen the lo- this location. Film scouting here, <laughs> yeah, it, it's essentially. It's, <laughs> I, I have seen this film, and, and it is you know it, it is as creaky as you know time will make such older films. But you know it, it has the Arsenal manager at the time, um, George Allison, the only one who has a, I believe, a speaking role in it, if, if memory serves. But it also has the likes of um, Cliff, the great Cliff Baston in there. So, you know, yeah, we're we're going back. Yeah, it's a murder mystery. It's it's technically set during a friendly, but um, I I believe Arsenal versus the Trojans, whoever they are. So um, (laughs) it's based on a a novel. I presume they were invented for the novel, maybe based on the uh, the old Corinthian side. But, um, yeah, the Trojans were played by the Brentford side of the time. But, uh, yeah, um, yes, it's one of the Trojans players actually drops dead of poisoning from um, Digitalis, so fox, foxglove poisoning. And, yeah, <laughs> and the girlfriend is a prime suspect in this, apparently. But, uh, but yes, it's, it's, it's a football murder mystery. Which player murdered his, you know, the opposition or the his teammate. Wow! So it's it's fun. Yeah, someone dies on the pitch, and the trap is sprung to the, for, to solve the mystery on the pitch. So it it, it it's quite fun. Um, so I, I'm reading quite, about this. It says it was based on a novel too. Yeah, the the Les, Leslie hang on Len, no, Leonard Gribble. There is a name to conjure. Oh, that, that, not- yeah, there's a, there's an English name for you. <laughs> oh yeah. So yes, this is yes, and it it was there was apparently a sequel planned um, purely to use footage of the I Claudius uh, movie that they were trying to make, but which never got made. So, but but that never came off. I uh, probably I'd imagine as an accident of timing, they're given. You know that you know what happened in later in 1939. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine what else might have been going on around that time that might have been you know a little more you know pressing than uh, than making a sequel to a football movie, (laughs) the first football (laughs) movie apparently, uh, if we're to believe it. So yeah, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, I have never seen this movie, so I can't offer anything. I may have to look this one up. Just to see, I mean, is it is it oh. actually worth watching? Oh, if if only as a curio, I would I would say so. You know, it, it's with the one you you know what to expect from you know nineteen thirties nineteen forties stuff, right? You know, you, you know it's of of very much production style of the time, but uh, of course, it, it, it's it's a curio. It's an interesting curio. Right on. Another uh, interesting curio uh, will be my first movie. This will be the first. 
uh, football movie I ever saw because they used to play this all the fucking time on the movie channel back when that was still a cable channel before it got, you know, absorbed into Showtime. Yeah. Uh, full on. But uh, yeah, this movie, uh, it had a different title. It was just called Victory, but it's more known as Escape to Victory. Oh, yes. I, I rewatched this earlier this year as part, <laughs> which wasn't even for, for research. That's how dedicated I'm not. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So anyway, uh, this was a John Huston film, which is something I never knew until. Yeah, I, I, I just see the credits and I go, what? <laughs> uh, anyway, it stars Michael Caine, Sylvester Stallone, Max von Sydow and Pele about uh, allied prisoners of war who are uh, press ganged into playing a, an exhibition game against a German side. In, oh, uh, in in nineteen forty in nineteen in the early nine in the early stages of the war, um, yeah, uh, this movie is ridiculous, but you know I remember enjoying this. Uh, it has a whole shit ton of, of footballers of the time uh, yeah. making appearances in it, including Bobby Moore, uh, Osvaldo Ardiles, uh, Venner Roth. Um, a lot of uh, Ipswich Town players. Uh... I was going to say, my wife would never forgive me if I failed to mention there were a ton of Ipswich Town, Town players here, including the great John Walk, also once of Liverpool. Right. Uh, Kevin Beatty stepped in for Michael Caine, and Paul Cooper stepped in for Sylvester Stallone. Uh, this is, of course, the, the movie that led to um, uh, Sylvester Stallone becoming an Everton fan, it turns out. <laughs> It has some, so much to answer for. Uh, but also, um, this is also, I, I, I discovered in, in researching this for, for this episode, uh, this is also a remake. It's a remake of a Hungarian film from 1962 called The Two Half Times in Hell, which was about uh, the alleged death match between German soldiers and Dynamo Kiev. Which uh, oh god, and apparently the death match doesn't is it's now discredited. Apparently, it is, isn't yeah, it? it is now discredited. Apparently, while some some players were sent to to concentration camps and they did die at German hands, it was not immediate. They were not you know shot immediately after the game. No. So apparently that has been a, uh, a discredited story. So, uh, yeah, John, I'm sure you were surprised when I volunteered to take this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, it it is worth it just to just to watch Sylvester Stallone try and look like a footballer. To be honest, <laughs> and 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 not being funny, it, right? The stadium and the the spectators are all very Aryan. When the team is rushing out undercover later on, you know, Pele sneaks out. I'm going past the guards and going. Really? Okay. Okay. You know, because there is no way he gets past the guards because right. he is the only man of color in the stadium. It's just like. <laughs> um. Now, oh. I, I, uh, you know, I just had a point here and I completely forgot what it was. <laughs> Yay! Uh, live podcasting, guys. It's, it, 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 gang. It, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's pretty fun. Um. 
Yeah, you know, again, I just, I mean, looking back now, I, I mean, I remember loving this as a kid, you know, liking the movie as a kid. I just also remember this, you know, looking back, you know, this is completely ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> it, it it's very, very hokey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> particularly the, the match at the end in question is just like, really? <laughs> Yeah, including including when the, the the Germans, you know, including when the Germans, you know, cheat to win by disallowing a goal, and you know, yes, a joke like the stolen for Blackadder, I should say as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, has anybody ever made a movie of 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 the Christmas Day? I don't know one. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. all right. No, Fair enough. All right, John. All righty. Okay. The rest of my films are far more recent than 1939 because I'm like that. It's okay. I want to take you back to the the glory days of 2001, the golden generation here. We're talking Mike Bassett, England manager. And it's it's infamous um, for one single line, which I will I will provide you. It's it's. it's, it's almost there as a sort of mockumentary because the, the journalist, Mark Bashir, um, does a voiceover for it. And um, this is the guy who interviewed um, Princess Diana back in the most infamous interview here. Um, but it's essentially a, a lower league manager um, managed to, to win a cup, not the FA Cup or the League Cup at the time, but the Mr. Clutch Cup, which is like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. And he gets appointed to the England football, the England manager's job. It's uh, there is not much there is not much football in this, but it, it's more concerned with sort of the the the, the media, the growing media hype around the game. You know, you've got you've got Pele making appearance, and the uh, girl band of the time, Atomic Kitten. Um, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, they were number one when I got married. Damn it. <laughs> With a terrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, you know, he, he doesn't do particularly. It's, you know, they qualify for a World Cup on a technicality. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I can't possibly get this right. Yeah, it, it's, it's the, essentially the original England manager suffered a heart attack <laughs> and the most successful Premier League managers are Scottish. <laughs> the and the um, others are it's oh yes, the uh, yes, England gets to the World Cup and uh. yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, you get players getting sent home from the World Cup for a bit of hooliganism, um you get um yeah I I, I the bit that has definitely not aged well is that someone gets sent home for being involved in a drunken drunken assignation with a transsexual, um, which is yeah that you, that's a eesh moment. Oh these yeah, that's yeah that that oh no, it, it it's very much in the school of footballers are stupid rich and yeah um, uh, yeah that's really fucking tone deaf. <laughs> for yeah, this t- time i'm sorry and, i can i cannot condone that at all no nope, no nope. i i just I, I was looking over this again last night. i was going oh my god <laughs> it's yeah i'm death. sure yeah i mean let's face it there's a lot of things that you know seem funny at the time that really do not now you know 
the the one thing that really you do go, yeah, that's absolutely all the time. England, not known as a bastion of forward thinking in football. Um, oh, there is a press conference here, right? <laughs> and the, the famous start. Some journalist starts reciting, you know, if by Rudyard Kipling, um, which was infamously, uh, I think, recited by Des Lynham after um, what, uh, England's exit from a tournament. And yeah, the answer to a question of how England will play, England will play fucking 4 4 2. Oh, no. Which kind of summed up that era of English football. Oh, it, it is. It very much does sum up that era of English football. Although, you know, it, he actually does get England to the semi-finals. Funnily enough, England losing the semi-finals, which was pretty much accurate for about as far as they could hope for about then. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I don't know. It, you know, again, it, I, I've never seen this movie. I don't know if I could... I'm not sure if I could take it at this point. Like I said, this just seems very out of date, shall we say? There, there is a lot of it. It, it, it is a playing a, a lot of it is playing on the stereotypes of footballers as rich and stupid. It doesn't um, seem like it's it, 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 well. It seems like it, it's playing on more stereotypes than that. And yeah, and I was going to say, yeah, and playing on absolute yeah some some things that may have. You know, the, the kind of jokes we're punching down with may have seemed acceptable 20 years ago, but really isn't and never yeah, should have. So, all right. Well, you know, again, thing, things being of their time, you know, were made when they were made. And, you know, you just have to look at it now with critical eyes and say, you know, it, it, you know, we, we, we can't accept that, you know. Oh, totally. You know. Totally. This is, this is why I was going, it's a bit of a thumbs down here. Yeah. It's different system, eh, but... Got yeah, I understand. Uh saying in 2001, I'm going to go with a movie that John has not seen, even though I have recommended this movie to him about 50 million times. Um, but it is uh, Shaolin Soccer, uh, the Hong Kong sports comedy film by Stephen Chow, uh, involving a Shaolin monk who reunites his five brothers after years after their master is dead. Uh, has died uh, to apply their superhuman martial arts skills to play football uh, and in the process bring Shaolin Kung Fu to the masses. Uh, this movie is fucking hilarious and I, I absolutely love it to pieces. Uh, just, you know, some of the, some of the comedic, and it, it is very much definitely a comedy. Um, and, you know, just like, you know, what, one of the, the, the funniest things was, um, like in the very first match that this that this uh, team of footballers try, you know, this team of uh, kung fu uh, practitioners tries to play, and um, one of them is smoking a cigarette during the, the the initial lineup. So they get out there, they shake hands. Immediately, he gets yellow carded for smoking, <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes from there. Uh, of, of course, all the. With the exception of uh, with the exception of uh, uh, of Stephen Chow is Singh, every other every other one uh, of the kung fu uh, practitioners ha- have all you know had crises of confidence, crises of confidence, and uh, ha- have effectively stopped practicing uh, their their martial art until like they they all like a, 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 a switch is flipped and um, and then they you know they just run rampant. Uh, using their their kung fu skills to uh, to win football matches, which uh, leads them up against uh, in the final match against Team Evil. 
<laughs> who of course has their uh, who of course ha- has a mixture of uh american uh, of american produced uh you know performance enhancing drugs and their own kung fu master oh so, wow this movie <laughs> rocks and I, I fully fully recommend this movie i i, I absolutely you know and it, 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 it because of this is why we got one of my all-time favorite movies too, which was Kung Fu Hustle. Which, if you have not seen that, I fully recommend that movie too. I have not seen it, but I, I I've got these noted down here. These are here for the future. I'm in for this. Oh yes. All right. All right, John. Up next. Okay. Then the next one, yeah, is Bend It Like Beckham. Um, a film that does, goes a long way to make for the, uh, for the atrocities we saw in something like Mike Bassetting, the manager. Um, it's a story about you know women's football, which is frankly highly unusual, particularly the the teenage girl demographic. Here. It's it's um, a, you know it, it's got the culture clash here because we've got uh, was it Pamenda Negra as uh, as Jess here, who is um, an Indian girl who likes playing football, but obviously. Her family don't like that being, and are quite strict. Um, and her best friend, um, the um, who's played by Kira Knightley here, um, Jules, who is, you know, I, I, it's not necessarily a star-making turn, but it, it's one that really kind of cemented her after she appeared in the, um, you know, the Phantom Menace a couple of years earlier. Um, again, this is kind of this this film. It, it, it's kind of almost predictable, but. You know, it, it's nice to see a film about women's football being made here. Um, and you know, at, at the end, you know, it's it's like uh, at her family's at, at a wedding where she can't go on the day of the biggest match, but she's obviously not happy there, and somehow gets convinced that she can go to the big match. But it, there's so much energy to this film, and it, it's you know, it, it's something. If there was an ounce of cynicism in the film, it would not work. But yeah, it, it's yeah. My um, will she's in tears at kind of the endings every time as well. Um, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and you know, it, it ends up with them getting a, a scholarship to America, and yeah, meeting meeting that um, some some golden balls. I don't know, some footballer I've never heard of at the airport on the way out. You know, is it yeah that guy in the title maybe? Yeah, yeah it couldn't have been the the guy in the title. Uh, yeah, actually, this this is a movie that actually got uh, somewhat of a big theatrical release here in this country, and this was like right on the cusp of when people were like starting to hear of David Beckham in this country. So mm-hmm. it was like it, it, he couldn't have he couldn't have asked for a better uh, you know uh, timing on that part. But also, yeah, the fact that this focused on women's football at the time, and and believe it or not, this was the highest grossing sports film focusing on football ever, it seems like. Wow. Yeah, um, and it should also be noted, it's been made for stage musical, and I believe when I was researching this, one of the greatest facts, according to the British ambassador to South Korea, it was the first ever Western-made film to air on television in North Korea. Oh my goodness! I have no idea how that happened. Well, you know, well, <laughs> I already did a podcast earlier this year about uh, some about about strange th- uh, things that happened in North Korea. So yeah, oh. but uh, yeah, it was a. Um... 
Yeah, this was kind of kind of massive. I mean, you, you actually had, um, you know, you, know, you actually had rappers in this country referencing the film in their lyrics. Wow. Um, not always in the right context, of course, but, um, you know, they, they, they did mention that. But, yeah, it, it is. Uh, no, this was uh, th- th- when I saw this, this was not the movie I expected it to be. Uh, I still really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, maybe, you know, we're coming up on, you know, we, we are coming up on 20 years of this movie. Yeah, we are absolutely. That, and that might be worth. Uh, that might be worth a uh, a, a, a rewatch. Oh, I think up. so. I, my my wife has watched rewatched it earlier this year, and um, she she still loved it absolutely. Yeah, maybe maybe we should do a a special edition on that. Re, re, let's rewatch this uh, on the twentieth anniversary, which uh, I show here as uh, the twelfth of April. So hey, that's right before my uh, my forty ninth birthday. So. Hey, there you go. Send card listeners or cash. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My next movie uh, came out in uh, 2005. It was called Goal. Or in this, in uh, the United States, it was called Goal The Dream Begins about a a, uh, Mexican undocumented immigrant from Los Angeles who gets recruited to Newcastle United. Wow. And um, you know what? It, it, this is a Disney film, and um, it, it's really easy to be cynical about this because it's a Disney film. And boy, oh boy, does this just sound like a Disney type plot line? But wasn't it? Wasn't it supposed to be the first in a series of three or something? Uh, like yeah, it was. There were three. There were two other movies. Oh, they, they, they were made, were they? They were made. Oh my lord! I, I didn't know that one. Yeah, they were they were they were made apparently. I haven't and seen them, but they were made. Partly written by the legendary British sitcom writers Dick Clement and Ian the Frenny. My yeah. word! Well, you know, uh, directed by Danny Cannon, he of uh, C- the executive producer of CSI. Yeah! Wow. So yeah, I mean, yeah, th- this had some names going. This had some names behind it. Um... But yeah, and it even has like a a shit ton of cameos from everybody from like David Beckham and Zinedine Zidane to uh, you know Milan Barosh and Kieran Dyer. Wow! And even even here, here's a wild cameo for you, appearing as a Newcastle United fan in a sports bar in L.A. Brian Johnson of ACDC. Oh my lord. I'm having a look at this. It's it's like geez, it's essentially all the all, the entire Liverpool squad in this almost. Dear God. <laughs> well, that, that, well, that is the, the, that oh. is the uh, that 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 is the fateful match in there is Newcastle versus <laughs> Liverpool. My God, and yeah, the, both Ronaldo's. Dear Lord. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. It, again, it's easy to be cynical, and I mean, it, 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 it is kind of schmaltzy in its way too. But a lot of people f- like this movie, and you know, in, in 2018, Sport Bible voted this the greatest football film of all t- of all time. Really? But also, BBC Film called this a fantasy, which you know, let's face it, it kind of was. But you know, it, you you, you kind of gotta wonder about this though, because especially in light of recent events, and also there was, uh, you know. Earlier this year, when Newcastle signed Santiago Munoz, they mm-hmm. they they mentioned that they drew parallels to this movie. 
Wow. So, uh, but how did I, now here, here's the punchline. How did I find out about this movie? Go on. Because this was the first, uh, this is the first track in several years. There, uh, there was a song on this, on the soundtrack called Playground Superstar. The first track in several years by Happy Mondays. <laughs> oh God. Yes. I, I remember this, the, the, that being mentioned. The, wow. <laughs> So that's how I heard of this movie. So, uh, so yeah, so yeah, that, 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 that's one to, to look at. And, you know, the, there's several Oasis songs on the soundtrack. I don't know if that'll put anybody off, but, uh, but also the score for this was from one, uh, Graham Revell. So, uh, you know, who has, uh, you know, done a lot of film work and of course used to be in the, uh, in the, in the industrial band SPK. So from from the the before times good lord so all right you got all right you so, got i think we each have one a piece right we have one more left yeah I, i'm going for a, for a book based on frankly one of the the best football books i've read and um, the novels the damned united oh what a film this is and yeah um it's based on the real life events of what happened after Don Reavy left Leeds after so long. For those who not who may not be familiar with Don Reavy, he was kind of like the the third of the you know the Trinity back in the sixties of Shankly and Busby. You know they were guys who absolutely remade the clubs. He was responsible for Leeds going to an all white kit. You know after he'd seen Real Madrid and he'd gone yeah and, and you know a, a monochrome color kit here perfect it will it will make it will intimidate teams um he might not be as revered outside yorkshire as like busby and janky or elsewhere because he they, they had a reputation for gamesmanship and they were not well liked frankly um well what did, if, didn't if you, uh wasn't he also one of the all-time worst england managers and ended his career in this disgrace is, yeah, <laughs> this is coming up to uh, part of it yeah because but it's what happened in in 1974 uh, you know, after Sir Alf Ramsey failed to qualify England for the World Cup, um, England went to Don Reavy, Um and Leeds United went for the best option they could find there. A man who at the time had taken Derby County from nowhere to the near the top of the first then first division. Who who would achieve greater things later? Brian Clough. Mm, and mm, mm. I, I believe it was it it's the story of what happened when Clough went to Leeds because frankly it is one of the most notorious ill matches in football history. They were, they went to get like oil and water here, you know, um, like, like Ronaldo and humility. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Cause Clough went in there with his ego and these players who were used to Alf Ramsey, uh, sorry, used to Don Reavy did not like him. He did not make an effort to win the over. He told them to chuck all their medals in the bin because they won them for cheating. Not exactly a you know a strategy to win hearts and minds over here. Um, yeah, I, I, no, I believe it's 40 or 49 days, something along those lines. Um, yeah, where you just watch the watch the team and the manager just it, it just. It, go to war with each other basically um yeah it and 
it, it's such a brilliantly cast film of British character actors here. Um, the you know you've got uh, was it Timothy Spall in there? You've got Carl Maney, who people may know from the Star Trek franchises as you know um, Chief O'Brien, Jim Broadbent. But you know the thing that will always people remember this film for is Michael Sheen's frankly astonishing impersonation of Brian Clough. Um, you know, it might be an impersonation of the Brian Clough that you know, knew from interviews, you know, with a smart mouth, but it's perfect. Um, it, you know, it's just throw your mails in the bin. So, and, you know, there, there is a great line, you know, I didn't meet Sinatra, he met me. And you and you just go, <laughs> frankly, if I wrote a line that good, I would, would retire on the spot. <laughs> it's a brilliant character line. Yeah, it, it, it is not perhaps as uplifting as something like Goal or Shantung, of the of the seven, that English film, the, the more violent sort of era of the 70s where, you know, where, where the hard men kind of kick the shit out to anything skillful in the game. And yeah, I, I would, out of all the movies I recommend, if there is one to watch, this is the one I would recommend. Yeah, I, I did see this movie. Uh, I liked it. I have heard, though, there is some criticism that a lot of this movie was bullshit. Um, but, you know, it, it is a fascinating domestic portrayal. I, of course, have a very poor opinion of Brian Clough as a person because um, towards the, you know, the, the end of his, uh, of his time on this planet, uh, at working as a pundit, uh, he said some very, very nasty things about Arsene Wenger that I, I, I don't think yeah. are, are quite right. And uh, yes. I, I don't think should be, you know, forgotten about either. But, you know, it, it is a fascinating... Uh, it is a, a, a fascinating look uh, at, at the man, and it was, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it, it is a great movie. It is a great movie. And I, I remember chuckling to you because I remember I, I chuckling to you when we saw the statue of Billy Bremner at uh, at Ellen Road. And I made oh, yes. a, I made a comment about, <laughs> oh, he, he did exist. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, Michael Michael Kennedy is awesome. Michael Kennedy is awesome as Brian Clough. So yeah, I can't fault that. So no, I I do highly recommend that movie as well. My last movie. Speaking of the violence that that surrounds football at times, I'm going with Green Street as my final movie, also known as Green Street Hooligans. 2005 movie directed by Lexi Alexander, a uh, fact that I had forgotten that she directed this movie, um, but also starring uh, Elijah Wood and uh, and uh, Charlie Hunnam before he would find global stardom in uh, from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, well, if, I don't, if I remember rightly, this was the, the first major film Elijah Wood made after The Lord of the Rings, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. And boy, yeah, it, it, yeah. if you could try to, to, to imagine Elijah Wood playing an American kid who goes over to England after being wrongly expelled from Harvard for, uh, you know, taking the rap for uh, cocaine possession, even though it's it wasn't his, um and he goes to uh yeah and he goes over to his uh to to visit his sister in london who's uh who, who his brother-in-law uh would be uh pete played by charlie hunnam who's a, a a primary school teacher but who also leads 
the the hooligan from the Green Street elite, uh, West Ham fans, um, basically. It, even though they're they're quite violent, but you know they tell us the story of how they all you know he how impressed uh, Matt Elijah Wood is uh, by their brotherhood and and, and and sticking up for each other. And when he goes to um, you know when he goes back to the U.S. and he con- he confronts uh, the guy who set him up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know in order to get back to his. Uh, in order to get back into Harvard, uh, it, it is a, it, it is kind of a revenge fantasy. Uh, it's a good movie, though. Uh, it, it is a good movie. Of course, you know people took this the exact wrong way, and this was uh, seen uh, when back I believe it was two thousand nine or two thousand ten when a uh, when West Ham United played a preseason friendly against Major League Soccer Club Columbus Crew in Columbus, Ohio, and a group of American West Ham fans tried to start shit with uh, Crew fans. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I have sat in in a, next to an away section of West Ham fans, and man, that is the scariest place I've ever been sat in a football stadium. Yeah, well, I, 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 there was a, a skinhead I, I knew from college, and uh, when I, 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 I happened to run into him in Indy, one time post, you know, post university. And, uh, yeah, surprise, surprise. He and his buddy were wearing West Ham kit. Oh my word. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, you you don't want to, uh, I mean, you you don't want to stereotype anybody, but you know, it's just like, you know, it's like, you know, how many Americans completely missed the point of judge dread? You know, (laughs) every single one apart from, (laughs) well, me <laughs> a precious few power itself here yeah. yeah so uh did you ever see this movie i i didn't because i i believe around that time they were kind it, it was kind of a it, it was kind of a hooligan li- literature going on you, you know you go into the sports section and a lot of it was taken up by you know people who'd been in the firms and and the, all those gangs and i was just like at the time it was like i am not putting money into that I understand that there have been a couple of sequels to it, which yeah, there, I was... there were. There were they were both straight to DVD. Oh god, uh, yeah. Mu- much like the sequels to Goal, it turns out. I, I was amazed that Marina Sirtis crops up in one of them, although you know she's from the right area of London. So, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that either, but uh, yeah. Yes. So, Can, I, yeah, she senses hostility, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that's our uh, th- those are our picks for uh, going to the movies, and I know uh, hopefully we you know for the amount of time we were delayed in getting to this topic, uh, hopefully it, uh, it it pleases you. If you have any uh, suggestions uh, for any other movies that we may have missed, I know we we, we deliberately glossed over uh, Fever Pitch. Uh, partially on my end because a it was so obvious, uh, b because um, when they remade it here in America, it, it was they they centered around Red Sox fandom. Oh which, yeah, which, which which ironically, when they were filming, it was when the Red Sox went on their World Series run, so that kind of added like a happy ending sheen to the movie. It turned out. You mean you mean just like the fever pitch ends on a? Well, yeah. I mean, for me, fever pitch ends on a tragic note, frankly. You for know, for on, you, on... yes. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on your point of view here. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like a Yankees you... fan watching the Reds, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but 
regardless, if you uh, have any suggestions for uh, any other films uh, we, we could review next time, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. Twitter at Busting Balls Podcast. Email us, bustingballspod at gmail.com. Uh, you have been listening to episode 61 of the Busting Balls Podcast, either on our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting-balls, or the PWOM Podcast Network, soundcloud.com slash only. And you can find us on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. John, any last words? Well, frankly, I'd say I'm just going... Manchester is is not red, frankly. You know, the only red in Manchester is Scouse. Uh, it's not very blue either, if we're, if we're being that, honest. So, so yeah, yeah. It, Liverpool's where it's at in the old West, guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, <I'm> not... <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. Good night. Until then, it's good night for me. Yeah, and it's good night from him. Oh, God, we screw this in. You know what? Go go watch a movie, <laughs> folks. We'll we'll see you in a yeah. few weeks. <laughs> Take care. Bye.